Wipe the crust out my eye. See, who's this page and me? And why? Hey, welcome to Porb, your favorite podcast. <clears throat> I don't think that people... Like, the priorities of people are really skewed. I just, I saw that there's a, uh, not just, I saw it a few days ago, that there's a petition signed by, like, two million people to have the last season of uh, Game of Thrones written by decent writers, which is pretty ridiculous. I mean, the season sucked. Oh, well, it's fine. You know, 10 hours or whatever of your life invested in these fictional characters in a fictional place in a fictional time uh just didn't end well you had whatever however many other seasons seven other seasons that were great six and a half that were great and one and a half that was good and then one that was really bad but like i i would bet that a lot of those people have never signed a petition to you know get clean water to flint or you know, uh, free the imprisoned children our government has kept in a border in cages and then hold the people responsible or, uh, you know, signed a petition to reverse this uh, ban on abortion in Alabama and a couple other states now. Um, it's just weird how much time and energy people invest into that bullshit. Like, there are actual tyrants doing actual horrible things to actual people. And you could potentially help them with, you know, voting and petitions and... Nope, just Game of Thrones. It's uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> I, I saw uh, John Wick 3 last night with my mom. She's going to be working on uh, the new Bill and Ted's. So she's... Um, been meeting with Keanu Reeves and Alex Winters and the director. I can't remember his name right now. Um, super excited about it. I was super excited. She called and a couple weeks ago and was like, uh, Graham, are you sitting? I was like, all right, come on, just whatever. She was like, I'm doing Bill and Ted. I fucking had to sit down. This shit was amazing. Um, so anyway, we saw John Wick 3 last night. And obviously it's fantastic. Those movies are so good, so fun. Um, and, and it is that. If you haven't seen it, go see it. I won't spoil anything, but you should see it. It's wonderful. Uh, you do start feeling a bit fatigued towards the middle. And I couldn't tell if it was the movie sagging a bit or if it's just, you know, it's redlining basically the whole time. So it's easy to get a little fatigued. But then it, it kind of comes out of it or you come out of it, probably a little of both. And it's awesome. I think part of the genius of that movie, or the, those movies, is that, you know, it's the world you love. But the way they created the world uh, was amazing because they didn't... Um, so they make their world based on vibe and mood, and they give very vague kind of descriptions of the reality. So that way they can make it up as they go, and you'll accept it, you'll buy it. So they never have to break their own rules and because some of it is kind of wacky and out there and some of it isn't you would accept anything like if this last or not last but the next one because they're going to do four if it 
you know, if there's like magic or whatever, you'd buy it. You'd be like, cool, great, on board. As long as they kept it in the vibe of what they're doing, which is fucking brilliant. You know, a lot of times, Game of Thrones is a great example where, uh, you know, they established all these rules and expectations. And then they, this last season, they just said, ah, fuck it. Who cares? And they just did whatever they want. And it didn't work. Um, plus, you know, it was just bad writing, even if they did follow the rules. But when John Wick, it's not like that at all. They can kind of do anything they want, um, making up things as they go, adding this, adding that. And because there's so much mystery behind it, you'll accept everything. It, it's amazing. So good. Uh, but the action's great. Obviously, it's brutal and fun and there's great humor. And uh, Mark Dacascos is fantastic in it. He's so fun and silly and weird. Everybody's great. Those movies are fantastic. Speaking of being a, a theater, uh, I would like you all, there'll be a link in the description below. Please sign my petition to ban uh, food in movie theaters. That'd be great. Thank you. Uh, if we can get 2 million signatures, I think we can really make this happen, guys. I hate eating in theaters. I don't personally care like if I'm eating or not, but the, the smells and the sounds, uh, people chewing that, ugh, ugh, and then the crunching or opening bags, and then just smells of popcorn, smells of hot dogs, smells of candy. It's just everywhere, plus people's smell and people, you know, breathing or whatever. The, you can't sit for two, two hours Without stuff in your face, you just you gotta eat all the time. I'm not saying if you're hungry and you had you you hadn't eaten and you, I, I get it, but just eat before or eat after. I don't. The sounds and smells have to go. It's awful. But anyway, that's a good movie. You should watch it. Um, other than that, I don't know what's going on. I uh, I'm working on some cool things for work. Um, you know, uh, my, I, I think I talked about it on the last podcast a little bit, but you know, my, my job is more about, um, helping people improve their lives and less about uh, just looking good naked. I mean, that's a part of it and that can help improve your life. But anyway, I'm, so I'm working, uh, more with that, um, meeting with some people next week and trying to set up some things to, I, I, I like helping people. So that's, I'm excited to do that. Um, I'm in the process of, uh, trying to figure out what to do for an album cover, which I had one, but it was, eh, eh. if you're creating anything, you should try every idea. This is something I learned, you know, in my teens being in bands where, you know, normally, especially when you're younger, you're really married to your ideas. So if somebody in a band, for example, suggests a different idea or a different approach, you'll usually be combative and be like, no, because I want it to be mine. Because it's more about you and less about the band or even about the song or whatever. Um, but going through that process, you know, the, the guys I grew up with, their dad was a real big part of my life. He was like my dad, um, not like my dad, but he was like a, a father to me. And uh, he would say things like that. He'd be like, just try it. You don't lose anything by trying the idea. Just give it a shot. Don't just say no because you don't want to do it. So 
with, you know, I didn't, you don't take the advice for a while and eventually you do. And then that started to happen. We would just try an idea. Somebody would say something. Yeah, sure. And I carried that into everything else I do. Um, so as a martial artist, I would just try. And as a teacher, if somebody suggested something or asked a question, instead of kind of justifying or picking my answer to validate my point or, or solidify my position, I would just say, well, let's see what happens. Give it a shot. Let's try and be open to something else being better. Very important. Um, you know, because we all are being taught by other people, we're all kind of susceptible to people's bias and, and is what they're telling me or is what I'm experiencing with a person or in a teaching and learning environment, is this the best way or are is the person I'm listening to or following or am I uh, only giving the points of view to establish that I know what I'm talking about and so I, I'm closed off to other you know to acknowledge other points of view or to acknowledge other um, paths or mindsets or if I'm wrong uh, is too scary because then I have to admit that I'm I made a mistake or that I'm bad and a lot of people can't handle that you know so we, the course of action that you end up following or that you give out can very easily be cut with your own insecurity your own bias um, and then you can end up, you know, doing a disservice to other people, yourself, or if you're the student in that scenario, have, you know, just bad information just because of your teacher or your environment isn't willing to it be open to uh, there's a better way. And there's always a better way, or at least incorporating other methods to make your way better. So, I, you know, when, when, uh, when I first started teaching martial arts, um, within the first few years and I started to get kind of good at it and people were really responding well I would uh can you see my feet is that gross seems gross I should have worn socks or something like that um but people would comment because there was another black belt who was also teaching a lot of the classes um not a lot but some and uh very good martial artist but the classes he was teaching were a little different people were kind of ask me about it talk to me about it and what I realized then was like with him with me I wanted my students to be right so I want them to have the information and I want them to be right so whatever I need to do to make that possible that's what I'm that's my goal and this other teacher wanted you to know that he was right he, he needed that from you. He needed that validation that he was the guy. And I've seen that a lot, especially in martial arts. Um, so in teaching, we, we often kind of fall victim to that where it's like we're, we're not having our, we're not, we don't have the information of, sorry, we don't have the perspective of making the students or the information or the lesson the biggest part it's more about ourselves you know and that's true all you know people can't even now a lot of people can't acknowledge that trump is a monster because they supported him previously and then now to acknowledge it now would mean that they made a mistake and their feeling is that they're inherently bad and then they, that's too big and too scary so they just don't do it well, that happens in teaching a lot I said all of that to say that as far as my album is cover, cover is concerned, I'll just try every idea. 
even if I think like, ah, this will, this will be shitty because that might lead me to somewhere else. Um, or at least I can rule that thing out. Like, oh, okay, well, I tried that and I don't like it. Not it, Seeing what you don't like can be as important and sometimes even more important than seeing what you do like. Because one, you're stepping outside of your echo chamber. So you're not only getting one side of information, you're exposing yourself to many possibilities. And that's true if you're doing this by yourself or with multiple people or whatever, whatever creative endeavor or anything. Uh, so you just try every idea. And if it doesn't work, you go, okay, it doesn't work. If you have the ability to, to try. Um, so for me, I tried this idea. It's not good. Someone try something else and try a few and kind of figure it out, uh, which is fun. So any kind of process you're doing, you should practice and strive to just try a lot, make all the mistakes you can. Um, and that will inform your good decisions eventually. Really important. Um, so the album is basically done. I'm still tweaking a little bit, which is going to stop soon. Um, I have like three songs to redo the vocals on and, uh, I think that's it. Um, I wasn't planning on doing like singles or anything like that, but I think I'm going to, I think I am going to, I'm going to do two singles leading up to putting the album out because, you know, I don't have an audience for this band. I've never played live, so there's nobody who knows what this is other than, you know, I have a handful of people on my Instagram or that know me personally. So I'm going to release uh, a single and then another one following. Um, so trying to figure out, figure out, trying to figure out and pick what those two are. The album is kind of, it's consistent and it, it feels like one album, but it, it, it's not all one genre I guess which is not intentional that's just how I write um, so it, it all sounds like it's one thing but to release one single somebody could have a view of the album and then when they get it there's going to be a lot that's not like that so I kind of want to pick two that is more or less a kind of a broad cross section of of what it sounds like um, and I hope it uh I hope it turns people on. I hope it it's something people enjoy. I, I like it. I've listened to it so much, so it's difficult for me to have a lot of uh, realistic opinions about it because I've heard it so much. Um, but I think it's cool. I think, uh, and I'm really excited to do more. And it's just nice to be able to make music again. I, you know, the last record I put out was 10 years ago. 11 years ago, Jesus, uh, Gooby Goo and Peekers on, uh, you can get that on iTunes. It's a cool indie rock record. Um, and then, you know, that band, like we toured and we, um, we were going to do, we were going to keep going, but right after we got back from tour, um, my singer, her other band that she had, the drummer passed away suddenly, um, and that, you know, intense kind of traumatic situation for her. And uh, I got married. It was a terrible marriage. And while I was married, like my then wife would, like I basically had to stop making music or else I had to constantly fight about it and uh, made to feel bad about 
having time to myself that wasn't about her. So I just stopped. It just went away. Uh, and then my singer got married. So <coughs> pardon me. Um, so yeah, it, it just stopped. And then, you know, we lost momentum and steam and it just, you know, went away. It was, um, but it's a cool album. We talk about it every once in a while, like maybe putting something out or playing some shows again. And we might, uh, it would be fun. She's a great musician. I, uh, she's got another band now, Cannibal Valley. I think they're, she's about ready to put out a record too. Um, I'm drinking coffee. So when there's long pauses and I hope the, uh, sound of my drinking isn't too obnoxious, but whatever. So yeah, um, music stuff I'm excited about. What's been fun is that like, I'm not a very good sound uh, recording engineer. I'm okay. I kind of know what I'm doing. Eh, that's, that's not true. I don't know what I'm doing, but I can kind of fake it. It's like the way I play keyboards. I, I understand. I know what the notes are. Um, I get how it works, but I haven't one invested, excuse me, a lot of serious time to be great. And, um, well, I guess that's just it. <laughs> so I, I can kind of fumble through it. So it's been a big learning process on how to get the record sounding good and how I like, and I, I think it sounds good. It, and I, there are things that will be better for the next one because I've learned a lot, but it sounds good. It sounds like a record. Uh, and I, I'm so um, critical and judgmental of what I do. So it, even though it sounds good, I'm, I still, I'll pick shit apart about it. And uh, I get, it's weird. You know, when I started in therapy, I don't know if I've said this before in the podcast. Um, when I started in therapy, I remember my therapist asking at some point early on, like if, I was, if I felt that I was very critical with myself or if my internal voice was harsh. And I was like, no. Because I truly didn't think that it was. I didn't think I was like that. But then, you know, in more talking with her than it, and her just kind of reflecting back things that I say or when I would say how I was feeling or what I thought about something, and she would kind of like show that back to me as like, hey, um, do you hate yourself or something like, you know, and it turns out I am super harsh and really critical with myself with everything I do. Uh, so that's been a interesting process going through this record. Um, and, and hearing that voice and kind of working through it. So it, this record has been interesting in a lot of ways. Like one, it's kind of a culmination of, you know, 10 years of not making music and then trying to figure out how to get back into it. Um, I'm doing everything on the record. Not, I mean, singing as well, which is new for me. I, mean, I sing in bands and stuff, but like lead vocals on a record I've never done. And uh, like more than like a song or two. Um, but so the writing lyrics and all that stuff, but also just working through what my process is and how I do it has been very interesting. So this record is special to me in that way in in that, it, it is so many things. Um, so it's exciting. Um, I'm looking forward to putting it out. I don't know, I, I'm really all over the place today. I think I always am. People say that about me. 
Yeah. I think when you just talk, you just kind of ramble all over, which I like. I enjoy that because I, most of my life, I never said anything to anyone about anything ever. You know, I would talk about stuff or be passionate about things, stuff and things. But um, yeah, just being able to speak, it's uh, not something I, I used to do outside of like work environments or th- something like that. Um, I don't know. What else? Everybody's telling me to watch Killing Eve. Like a dozen people. So I might. Do you guys ever feel like the urge not to do it when so many people tell you to do it? I guess that's common. But that's how I'm feeling about it. Like, ugh, I don't want to do it. But everybody says it's good. Even my mom told me last night. So I might watch that. Um, yeah. My dog's good. Lumpia, where are you at? Just sleeping. Because she's a husky, uh, husky pit. You know, it's getting warmer out. So she's shedding her undercoat, her winter coat. So it is just mountains of hair. Um, you know, I'll sweep every day. And I mean, like a ball, like just a mountain of hair. It's intense. So I, I, and I groom her every day too. I take her outside and I brush her. I have these gloves. I think I should get them. Let me show you. Because they're cool if you have a dog or a cat. So normally, you know, a grooming brush uh, is fine. And some animals like it, some don't. But it's really kind of... Um, impersonal and sometimes animals don't like it because it feels awkward but I got these gloves and uh, I'll look up the company Uh, I'll put a link in the description I'm not sponsored by them or anything like that I just like them so they're um, it's like a kind of a heavy cloth on the top and then the hand portion the palm portion and a little bit over the fingers is this uh, kind of like uh, plastic PVC, you know, it's soft. And then on the palms and on the fingers, there are like spikes and bumps. So it like, uh, what is that called? Um, there's a word for that, that type of thing. You know, it's like you get those shoes that have the, the bumps on them. So they hit all like points in your feet. And well, anyway, it's like that. So they're massaging and, uh, and it's, like a brush it has you know bristles in a sense and it's scraping off the or not scraping off it's getting the hair out and you'll get like just mats and mats of hair on these things but it's nice because you're also petting your dog or your cat so they feel that connection with you and it's fun and um, you can touch them as you know when you're brushing them it's so sterile it's weird and they usually don't want to stay or whatever even if they like it eventually they'll get bored so these ones are really cool and they're kind of fitted and there's a little velcro strap around the wrist so they stay on and, uh, and yeah, this is what I use to, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you can see them uh, and you should watch on YouTube. And while you're there, you should hit that subscribe button and then the bell for the notifications and make it a fucking party. Um, so anyway, yeah, these are great gloves. I, I highly recommend them. I, I don't know the name off the top of my head, but I'll, I'll, I'll put the link in the description if I remember, which I hope I do. I'm going to leave these right here. So I do brain power. Um, but yeah, they're great. So I highly recommend them. And you should be uh, grooming your pets every day, every other day, at least once a week. Uh, one, it's, you know, it's great. It's healthy for them, their coat and their skin. 
but it's great bonding. You know, it forces you to, a lot of people don't pet their pets. They just kind of, they're just there. Um, so it'll give you time to just sit for, you know, 20 minutes and just pet your animal. Talk to them and pet them and just be with them. It's awesome. So I, I highly recommend those gloves. You should, you should get them. Everybody should get them. I wonder if I can get like a, I don't know. How can I make money off of that? How about this? If you guys buy those gloves, just send me five bucks. <laughs> That's a good idea. Sorry for the swallowing sounds. I don't know what else to do today. I'm going to pick up my son at uh, in a bit. And I don't know. We usually just come home. He'll take his nap, hopefully. Fingers crossed. You know, one thing I... So with his nap, when I pick him up from school, because he, he does half days, he's in preschool. So he, when all the other kids go down for the, their nap after lunch, that's when I pick him up. And uh, usually like when we get home, he'll fall asleep in the car. And then when I bring him in, he'll wake up as I'm taking him out of his car seat and stuff like that. And then he won't want to go back down. But what has really worked, if you're a, a parent and you struggle with this, is when, when I pick him up and we get in the car... Or even like as we're walking out of the school, I, I just tell him like, okay, we're going to go home and take a nap, okay? And he'll be like, okay, cool. Now, I talked about it last week where you, know, you give them the choice and you l make them a part of the decision and they're much, much more likely to be on board with whatever it is. So I'll, I've been, when I pick him up, I ask him how his day and what he did and blah, blah, blah. And when we get through all that, I'll be like, okay, let's go home and take a nap. And I'm, it's fun. And he's like, okay. And then if he falls asleep in the car when I wake him up, he already, he knows already, okay, we're home, we're going to take our nap, okay? He's like, okay. But if he stays awake the whole time and we pull in the driveway, I tell him, okay, let's go take our nap, okay? Let's, you know, we get in, we take our shoes off, or we take our shoes off and we come in. And it's the same routine, you know, let's, okay, let's go wash our hands. We wash our hands in our face. He always, <laughs> he'll be like, he always goes, uh, okay, daddy, I'm going to wash my hands. You have to wash yours in the kitchen. So he'll go <laughs> in the restroom and wash his hands and he'll do it. He likes to, you know, have that independence. It's awesome. So anyway, um, and then we'll change out of his school clothes and he'll go down and take a nap. And it, it's been much more effective and consistent making him a part of that decision. I know it seems, it might seem obvious to hear it, but that is not your, that is not your uh in instinct as a parent of a it's it's tough to go okay so when they're infants you do everything for them you make all their decisions they have no real say they can't talk they can't when they're really young they can't do anything they're just mush they can't hold their head up they can't do a fucking thing so then they get a little older but you're kind of like still stuck for a bit in where they were instead of where they are so then you have to snap out of it and like oh okay they're they're growing they're progressing so you kind of adjust the level of things and then the process keeps happening but there's a part of you that always wants to just make those decisions or do so it, it is a very active process for me of like I mean he's like my he, he is my best friend so I, it's not that hard for me anymore but um, in speaking with other parents like it, it you need to make it an active process process of like including this person in their life you know it's not just you telling them what to do all the time you know, when I work with um kids the teenagers especially at you know like the rehab facilities and things like that 
and I remember being a teenager too, and I didn't quite have this experience because I didn't really have like parenting, not really at least, but you know, when you're a teenager, especially a kid, your entire childhood, people telling you what, what to do, where to go, what to wear, what to, you know, you don't have a lot of say, and that is really demoralizing, um, especially if you don't like things, and but you have to do them, and nobody's kind of helping you be a, a part of those processes and those decisions. So I know that. I know what it's like, and I see it still. I'm reminded of it as I work with these kids, uh, these teenagers, in that that's how they feel, is that they have no say in anything they do. They have to do this. They're just being constantly thrown into things. And that is a horrible feeling. It makes you feel like you don't matter. It makes you feel, feel like people don't care about you. Um, that your voice doesn't matter. It carries no weight. You have no autonomy and agency. So, you know, my son is four and I, I really, I've always made it a point to include him in things. Again, like I said last week, he doesn't have a say in whether or not he's going to brush his teeth or take a nap or go to bed. Well, sometimes if he doesn't want to take a nap, he doesn't have to take a nap. But you know what I mean? Like he has rules and structure and I'm always in charge of his health and safety and that's paramount to anything else. But as for whatever area he can have a say, he has a say. You know, I try not to ask him too much, like maybe once a week, like on Fridays, I'll usually go like, what do you want for dinner? Because, you know, he doesn't need to be making all those decisions. He doesn't need that pressure. And he needs to know that there's a leader. He can be a kid and just play and he doesn't have to do shit. Um, but, you know, I do include him on some of those things. Or Again, I'll give him choices like, do you want fish and rice and beans or do you want uh do you want whatever you want me to make a hamburger or something like that so you know he can still make decisions so the stuff with the napping it helps with that um it helps with that feeling of control for him uh, and for any kid so if you have kids or you're considering having kids um start thinking about you know including them in stuff even with i yeah yeah even with little things like when i'm making coffee and stuff he wants to help so instead of being like no you can't help because it'll slow me down or whatever i okay so i'll bring i do coffee beans so i'll take the grinder i'll put it on the floor cuz you know the counter's way too high for him so i'll bring it on the floor and i'll take the container of coffee beans and he can and i'll tell him okay we need four, five scoops and then, so now it's an opportunity to count. It's an opportunity for him to practice scooping beans in a spoon, which is challenging. So then he'll do it, you know, one, and we'll count to five. You guys know how to count. And uh, and then he'll close the, you know, the container, which has a one of those clasp things. So he, he gets to be a part of that process. Sometimes he'll hold the button down to grind the beans. And it's exciting for him. He's a part of so much. Um, but that is a conscious decision. I always remind myself to not exclude him from things so it's easier for me that he, you know, he, he deserves that to be included. He deserves to, to learn and, and to fail and make mistakes. And when he spills the beans, I don't get mad. It's just like, okay, now we got to clean them up. So there's never any with, and he'll make, you know, he'll spill stuff. I don't get mad even, but it's always just like, okay, let's clean it up. Or he dropped blueberries the other day, like on the, on the rug in the living room and um, he didn't pick it up. And then I stepped on it and I was like, Hey, what's this? Did you drop blueberries? Yes, daddy. Okay. Well, when you do that, uh, you know, you can tell me and then I'll help you clean it up. Okay, daddy. And then, so we get, uh, um, 
napkins, we clean it up. And it was great. So everything is just an opportunity for teaching and learning and stuff. It's really important. I don't know how I got on this. Naps. Naps. That's how I help him. That's, it's been very helpful uh, with naps to include him in that process. Like, okay, we're going to take a nap, okay? Okay. So uh, if you do have kids and you struggle with that stuff or you find that you're constantly angry and yelling or it's tense or, or, they're, or they are very rebellious back with simple things like you know just try including them on stuff it really does make a big difference and it's fun and it you shouldn't be angry all the time that anger is coming from somewhere else it's not even from your kid like it that's about some other shit so i highly recommend that include your kids in your decision making and in their decision making it's it's awesome and it's fun and you get to hear funny things and experience funny stuff it's cool it's weird that like you know, being a parent is being a teacher. You're teaching them. But uh, we don't oftentimes consider that. So people make no effort to be better teachers. They just kind of, I don't know. It sucks. It sucks. Kids deserve more. They deserve better. Yeah. Children are the future. Let them lead the way. Uh, you can expect, that's what my album's going to sound like. Just like that me kind of uh humming and singing michael jackson songs right that's what people like that's a bop or something whatever the kids are saying um i don't know what else is going on what else is going on oh i played uh i think in my first podcast i was talking about e3 and at that time they had announced rage 2 i never played rage 1 i played rage i played rage 2 recently and uh, I don't really care about first-person shooters that much, but I just decided to give it a shot. And it is aggressively mediocre. Like, even, like the character design is dumb and bad, and like everything. I was skipping cutscenes within the first five minutes. Like that's how uninterested and bored I was right away. And then the gameplay was nothing exciting, and it was just it was bad. I deleted it deleted it from my hard drive within 20 minutes so between installation playtime and deletion it was 20 to 25 minutes it was really bad did not like it at all i didn't even think it looked very good um yeah really not a fan yeah there you go <laughs> i'm gonna get more coffee Uh, oh, you know, I wanted to thank, um, I recently got some messages from people, uh, saying how much they like the podcast. And I just want to say thank you. Um, I mean, I responded to you, the, the people who messaged me, but, uh, I won't like call you out on here, but I just wanted to say thank you guys. I, it really meant a lot to know that not only you enjoy it, but, um, some of you were saying that me sharing the things I'm sharing is really helping you. And uh, some of you are feeling inspired to do more, try more, to get into um, 
therapy and things like that. So I just thank you. I'm really glad that it's helping and uh, that you enjoy it. And yeah, just keep doing that. If you're considering getting into therapy, just get into therapy. Again, just try it. Just try it. The worst that happens is that you go like, I don't like it. However, I will say in with therapy, if you didn't like your experience or if you've done it before and you didn't like it or you're about to do it or you just did it and you didn't like it, try a different therapist. They're not all the same. They're really not. I mean, they're people. So it doesn't matter. Like even if they went to the same school, they can be very different therapists and not everybody's going to connect the same way with you. Um, and you need to have a connection with that person, you know, that, that doctor, if they're not a doctor, that therapist, um, it's a really intense relationship. I mean, they're not your friend or your, you're their patient or client. Um, but you need to feel comfortable and safe and they, their energy needs to match with your or complement your energy and vice versa. You guys, it's a relationship. So it's, you're both involved. It's not just you pay them and then they give you this service. It's different. It's, it's different. Um, so th- for the couple people who said that they were considering it, uh, just do it. Just go for it. I mean, I said the same thing when I messaged you back, but you should. If you're still on the fence, just give it a shot. I, I think most people that will say that they don't want to or don't need to or don't have time or can't afford it, um, most of the time that's like a, a fear talking. It is scary to think about getting into therapy. I think the stigma behind it is that if you're in therapy, you're broken or you're bad or you're weak or you're crazy. None of that's true. Therapy is just talking. You know, you just happen to be speaking with somebody who's a professional, who has done extensive research and study uh, on emotions and the brain and psychology and uh, communication methods. So you're speaking with somebody who isn't just like a regular person. It doesn't mean regular people can't have great advice and everything like that. It's just, it's different. It's a, they're a professional. So you're seeking the help of a professional. And everybody, you know, if you're going through a bad breakup or um, you have depression, stress, anxiety, you just feel uninspired or you're bored with everything or whatever, you feel stuck, um, that's not, most of the time, that is not an outside issue. That's coming from within. And really, in my experience, the best way and really kind of easiest, I know it's not easy to, is just to talk. And who better to speak with than somebody who is, one, unbiased. They don't have any stake or agenda in your life. Again, if it's a good therapist and they, they can't be a, have a weird God complex or something like that. Um, so they're unbiased. They are, they have your best interest in mind because they actually want to help you. And three is that they're qualified. So if you're on the, just go. If you've never done it, give it a shot. You might like it. It might be awesome. And if you don't try, you know, a different therapist, give it a shot. It's a, it's a, it's a really kind of amazing thing. Um, it's not the only thing. The other thing you should try is, uh, and do is practice some healthy nutrition. So easy steps would be to just drink water a lot. Um, you know, a glass every hour is, is a good way to start. So a glass within 30 minutes of waking up, a glass more or less every hour, a glass being like eight 
ounces, let's say, uh, and then 30 minutes before bed. So if you're doing that, you're going to get at least a gallon a day and you'll be in great shape as far as water is concerned. Um, that'll also help with sleep. If you struggle with sleep, I've had always had insomnia. Water is a big helpful factor in that as is therapy. Um, but then exercise. So healthy nutrition. So you can start with water and then just try to start cutting out added sugars, white sugar. Just those two steps are a good place where I tell everybody to start with. Don't go like, well, I need to be a fucking no carb, no every, no, it doesn't, it shouldn't be so crazy and it shouldn't be so restrictive and it shouldn't be so daunting. Just start with little steps, water. And if you can't do every hour right now, if that's just start within 30 minutes of waking up and within 30 minutes of going to bed and then just have, you know, keep a water bottle and just try to finish it throughout the day. If you don't drink any water. Coffee is not the same. Uh, soda is not the same. You know, water. Your body processes it differently. So water. Um, and then cutting out sugars as much as you can. Uh, and then, you know, if you don't eat any vegetables, just, you know, start doing some vegetables. And that's an easy place to start. Then you can add on to that later and refine it as you go. And then the other than that would be like a daily exercise routine. Um Something very simple is just like a 20-minute workout. So, for example, um, you could set a timer for 20 minutes and do, you know, pick five exercises. Let's say you do jumping jacks, uh, squats, what, um, push-ups, uh dips and let's say toe touches or crunches or in outs or something like that some kind of um, abdominal specific exercise so you do let's say five reps of each for 20 minutes just keep going through it five reps of those five exercises for as many times as it takes in 20 minutes doesn't matter if you slow down or you speed up or you take a break that's a great way to do it or um, you know, you can do it for sets and reps. Let's say you do five is an easy number to go through. So let's say you pick those same five exercises and, uh, you, let's say you go, you know, 25 jumping jacks, 20 squats, um, 15, uh, whatever lunges, alternating lunges. No, let's do it like that. Let's go uh, 25 jumping jacks, 20 squats, 15 whatever crunch movement like in-outs or toe touches, um, 10 mountain climbers, and then five push-ups. And you do that five times. So you can have a daily, and that's a full body workout. It could be anything, but if you don't know where to start, that's a really good place to start. Um, it's simple. It's It'll take 20 minutes, maybe. Um, you don't need hours for your workouts. You just need, you know, 20 to 30 minutes of focus, consistent effort. And, and not only will you, if your if your goal is to lose weight, you'll lose weight, you'll build muscle, um, but your body will be healthier and stronger and fit. It's not about having six pack or giant biceps, or whatever, just you need some kind of exercise. Your body needs it for your health. For, forget the appearance part of working out, like just to be a healthy person, you need those processes. So again, like if I were to say like, you know, three pillars of just 
daily health, you need water, sleep, and protein and veggies. So your diet, just start drinking water, you know, a glass an hour. Um, Start cutting out refined sugars, white sugars, and just add in a couple vegetables a day. Simple. Okay, you need a daily exercise routine. Set a timer for 20 minutes. You know, five jumping jacks, five squats, five toe touches or in-outs, five mountain climbers, five push-ups, do that as many times for 20 minutes, or, you know, do five sets of 25 jumping jacks, 20 squats, 15 in-outs, 10 mountain climbers, five push-ups, okay? And then the other thing would just be getting into therapy, speaking with somebody. I know it seems heavy, but you can go once a week, once a month to start. Just talk with somebody. Um, you'll be, you would be astonished at what comes out just by taking that step starting that process Uh, it's a really great thing to do so you know i think we all need help we all need something we all need more and if you have a feeling of being stagnant or lost or sad or those three things will help in a massive way it's it's not a cure-all, but it is as close to it as you're ever going to get. Um, if you're constantly looking for other things outside and you're never feeling that fulfillment, please understand that it's it needs to start inside. And it's not a uh, kind of weird mystic process. It is very, It can be very, very simple and direct and tangible. So you start with what you're eating, what you're putting into your body. It doesn't have to be crazy. Just start baby steps. And then what you're outputting um, is your exercise and then something for your mind and your um, emotion, emotional state. And that's therapy of some sort. That's my recommendation. I'm smart as fuck. You should take it. Uh, And those are all things I do that have changed my life. You know, I, I come from, you know, a lot of neglect and uh, trauma as a kid and uh, drug addiction, um, I had depression my entire life. I still do. It doesn't because I do these things. It doesn't mean that everything's gone. At least for right now, like I'm still going through these. I recently have gone through a lot of shit, so it's there. But it's all manageable, and it's something that I've made massive strides forward in and progress in as a result of these three pillars, these tenets of nutrition, uh, fitness, and communications talking therapy um so anyway give it a shot uh, i think um it'll help anyway i gotta get ready and go pick up my son so i hope everybody's having a great day um thanks for listening please rate and uh subscribe and review on itunes um subscribe and uh comment and like on youtube uh, ask me questions in the comments if you want or hit me up on twitter at Graham Baker, Instagram, at Instagram Baker. My music is at Gray House Music. Uh, my website is GrahamBaker.com. John Wick is awesome. Um, yeah, and that's it. All right, guys, have a good day. Peace.